0: Welcome to The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how Feng Shui can help you lead a more balanced and peaceful life. Now, here is Catherine.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the final episode of this series of The Feng Shui Way. Before I introduce my guest, I want to take a moment to jump back to the beginning when I did my first episode. I spoke to you about why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place. Well, it was mainly all about the feng shui. I feel it is important and helpful to us all to have the aspect of feng shui become more familiar to all of us, to understand how your home has such a strong influence on your comfort, your health, and your well-being. the many ways in which feng shui is used in our daily lives. We're often reminded of the difficulties of the past few years, and I mentioned the pandemic at the beginning how we were affected by the pain of all of that and how we have been spending our time recovering from it and how I believe that feng shui has a prominent role to play in that recovery. I wanted to let you know about myself that I live in Rochester, New York, that Rochester is home to many well-known people like Susan B. Anthony and Frederick Douglass And I'm very proud of the fact that we're only 65 miles northeast of Buffalo, which is home to my beloved Buffalo Bills, and let's see if they make the playoffs. And through it all, my main focus has been about the bigger picture. And I shared, and will share again, the Chinese proverb that says, if there is harmony in the house, there is order in the nation. If there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. And I and my many wonderful guests have helped us understand How feng shui can be used to promote just that. And so today we meet right after we have celebrated our holiday season of Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's. And just when we thought our celebrations are over, we are here today to talk about another celebration yet to come, and that is the upcoming Chinese New Year. We celebrate the West, in the West, we celebrate the New Year according to the Gregorian calendar. However, the Chinese and many Eastern cultures celebrate the Chinese New Year. In closing this series, we will find out from my guest Jillian Rothschild Scholar what to expect from the zodiac animal for this year and what that means to the various ways in which people celebrate and welcome in the Chinese New Year. Jillian Rothschild Scholar is a classically trained feng shui expert whose foundational training is in the ancient wisdom of the over 400-year-old Wu-Chang Feng Shui mastery lineage. Jillian uses the wisdom of ancient, time-tested methods, symptoms, and applications while offering practical solutions for modern lifestyles. One of her strengths is that she can simplify the intricate details so her clients can take immediate action to enhance the physical, emotional, and or spiritual aspects of their lives. Jillian offers feng shui consultations both in person and virtually, botsy readings, workshops, and educational opportunities. She is based out of the Phoenix area and is here today to help us bring in the new year. Welcome, Jillian Rothschild Scholar. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you're Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And um,
2: boy, just when we thought it was all about Happy New Year, we have another Happy New Year. Right. And the point of, that you made that we celebrate January 1st in our Gregorian calendar and that there are many parts of the world that are using a totally different calendar, sometimes multiple calendars, to celebrate at different times is a really good point. Well, I
1: appreciate you saying that, but you know that was something I really was not all that aware of before I became a feng shui consultant. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about it, why it is that it's celebrated differently in the rest of the world?
2: So the Chinese calendar is one of the oldest in the world. And when we're celebrating on the Gregorian calendar, the Gregorian calendar is actually completely man-made. It is not in any way tied to anything celestial or astronomical. The Chinese calendar is called the Tongshu. That's the, the words for the Chinese calendar in Chinese. And there are two versions of it. One is a solar calendar, so it operates on the position of the sun. And there's also a lunar calendar, which operates on the position of the moon. So the solar calendar is very predictable because the new year on the Tongshu using the solar calendar is almost always February 4th of every year. It'll vacillate by a few hours. There's not a lot of change in the sun. We know that it rises and it sets and rises. and it sets. It's very, very predictable and very reliable. Where the moon is ever-changing. The new year could be in January, it could be in February, it could be different times, depending on the position of the moon. And in this particular year, the lunar new year is going to be February 10th of 2024. Whereas the solar calendar new year is February 4th. And that's the calendar that I use in classical feng shui practice to make calculations, to make any adjustments for the feng shui and make predictions For individuals based on their Chinese astrology, which you mentioned before is Bacze. Bacze is the translation for Bacze is eight characters. Ba meaning eight, Z meaning characters. And so sometimes we call this the four pillars of destiny, but more more broadly termed Chinese astrology. And so we'll Mm -hmm. use the Tongshu and the solar calendar to make any calculations and forecast what someone could ex- pre- reasonably expect to go on for their upcoming year as the year changes. So the, well, we notice
1: um, that lunar cycle and the lunar calendar every year with Easter. Cause everybody says every year, like every year Christmas is always December 25th, mm-hmm. but every year Easter is always different. It's like, ooh, when is Easter? When is, uh, when's Mardi Gras? Because that goes along with Ash Wednesday. So, yeah. Uh, that's quite the illustration of what you're referring to.
2: Yeah. And I'm a nice Jewish girl from Ohio. And so the Jewish calendar, the Hebrew calendar is also a lunar calendar. Um, Oh, okay. The the Rosh Hashanah, the high holidays are always different every year. Hanukkah is always different every year in relation to Christmas. And so every culture can sometimes have a different calendar. And it just happens to be that in Feng Shui, the calendar that I use is the solar calendar for the Tong That's
1: it. That's interesting, too, because you make it work in conjunction with the the Gregorian calendar. You know, uh, when you give your predictions or your um, calculations or whatever, not predictions, it's calculations like and
2: forecasting, it's more forecasting. Like forecasting. Yes, oh, yeah.
1: that's the word I'm looking for. And um, so you, what do you do? Do you um, uh, refer to that calendar to the solar calendar? and then apply it to the lunar? I mean, how how would it work
2: for a client? <laughs> That's a good question. So the calendar, the Tongshu is sometimes called the Sha calendar. It's a fascinatingly accurate system. Um, and we use it to convert the Gregorian calendar to the Chinese calendar. And okay. when we do that, we can, for example, can take someone's birth data and convert the Gregorian calendar to the the Tong Shu and get a unique set of data, these, uh, bata, these eight characters that help us represent someone's year, month, day and time of birth. Um, it's also location based. So the time that you were born in Switzerland is different than your time born in New York. Oh my gosh. The, the work that I do, I'm also recalculating for location as well. Um, and when we recalculate all that in the Chinese system, we it it turns into the five elements, the five elements in feng shui, which everybody has heard before. Yep. Fire, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And all of these elements have a long list of attributes, which you may have talked about before, with numerical representation, um, parts of the body, behavior, color, taste, sound. Location on the 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 compass, the low pan compass. it the list goes on and on. And so those relationships of the five elements in someone's birth chart give us quite a bit of information about the kinds of choices someone would make, the behaviors they're likely to choose, and the energy that they're likely to encounter year to year based on how their energy is going to interact with the energy of the of the year or the energy of the universe, if you will. And that can give us information about how well someone's likely to do in different areas of their life. It could be career, it could be health, Mm -hmm. romance, um, it could be financial, whatever somebody has going on for them and the choices that they make in life can help us understand what they're going to likely to encounter. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, I I would think that it might be. um, Well, it's, it's, Intricate and it's detailed um, the way you practice and a lot of what we taught we talked extensively about the elements last week that was the theme of, of the show and we got into uh, the types of personalities that we are based on the elements. So yeah, I mean the intermingling and the intertwining of it all is is fascinating. Um, trying to look at the big picture, but when you do that, there can be a lot of confusion and whatnot. And you, you know, and one of the things we said in the intro is how you can simplify things. So that's one of the things that you're um, in your expertise you can do. So. Um, And we can get to that later. But I wanted to know um, how it is that we can prepare for the Chinese New Year. Is there a specific, like, you know, here it's the ball drop in in Times Square. You know, we have, I mean, everybody's got their own personal uh, experience and traditions that they do with the New Year. I think all of us here in America, we can look for the Times Square ball drop. Now, I'm thinking that on the feng shui, (laughs) level, it might be just a little bit different.
2: It's a little bit different. And it also, the answer to your question also depends on what the area of focus is. So if, for example, we're talking about specifically feng shui, one of the systems that I use in my practice is a system called flying stars. And the flying stars carry specific energy and behavior and visit for the time period of one year, a particular direction or area of your home and that energy that visiting energy exerts specific kind of interaction with you and your home so it's i sort of use this analogy it's sort of like your mother-in-law coming to visit if you didn't get along with your mother-in-law you'd want to know when she's coming what room she's going to be staying in how long she's going to be there and what you could reasonably expect from her behavior when she is arriving if you liked your mother-in-law you'd be really excited about her coming and you'd want mm-hmm. to welcome that kind of energy. So this is another way that I like to think about flying stars because some of the visiting energy can be quite helpful and favorable and supportive. And some energy can be quite agitating and disruptive and can bring conflict and misfortune. We want to know from year to year where those energies are, what when they arrive, and what we can reasonably expect from them. So in terms of preparation, if we're mm-hmm. looking... Typically at this system, the first thing to do is to know where the negative stuff is. And the negative stuff each year is what's known as the annual afflictions. We call them the annual afflictions um, in addition to the flying stars. So there's there's two parts to that. The annual afflictions are the Grand Duke, which is the big, most important energy of the year. So we're going into the year of the Wood Dragon. So the dragon energy is becomes the grand duke, the most important energy of the year, and we don't want to upset the grand duke in our home. Okay. The, that directionally is southeast one. So if you have a house that faces southeast, there's a good chance that the grand duke is going to be at the front of your home, and you want to know that in advance. The opposite of the position of the grand duke is what's called the year breaker, and that position is northwest one. Um, And so the opposite of the dragon in the 12 animal zodiac sign is the dog. And so we want to know in our homes where that year breaker energy is so that we don't disturb that energy. The third affliction is what's known as the three killings. It sounds really horrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to disturb that energy either. It's in the South this year. And so if you have a home that's facing South in particular, you just wouldn't want to disturb that energy either. And when we say disturb, here's what I mean. I okay. mean, you don't want to do any renovations. So I, like for me, in my home, the Grand Duke is in my garage. I'm not going to avoid parking in my garage, but I'm not going to tear it down. I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to make any decorations or do any repairs to the garage if I can avoid it this mm-hmm.
1: year. Mm-hmm.
2: The, the year breaker is the Northwest of my home, which is my master bedroom. Not going to do any renovations. I'm not going to be breaking any ground. I'm not going to be making any changes in that area. And then it happens to be that in my home, the South is the the front of my home. Again, no repairs, no renovation. We're just going to keep those areas quiet. The South is completely safe to use, um, but I'm just not going to make any big changes to those areas this year. And I'm going to focus on other areas of the home that are more favorable. One other system that I mentioned is the flying stars. And we should probably spend a good amount of time talking about that. The most negative, quote, energy of the year in the flying star system is star number five. This is a misfortune star. And it will be located in the west. So... This is another area that we don't want to disturb. This is sort of like your mother-in-law visiting. We want to know where that star five is. We're not going to upset that energy. We're not going to do any decorating. We're not going to break any ground. No renovations. Happens to be my master bathroom. I'm not going to stop using that bathroom. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to renovate my bathroom this year if that's not happening. So So it's,
1: it's about disruptions in the area, in, in that disruptions of the energy in those locations. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we can avoid that, just avoiding doing those things can make things smoother for your year. If you if you start disrupting the energy and triggering it and agitating it, then negative things can happen. Mm-hmm. So the more that we can know where those energies are visiting and avoid doing any repairs or disruption, you, and I mean like I'm not even going to put a nail on the wall. I'm not going to hang up any pictures or anything like that. Because we just want to keep that energy and that area as quiet and and as balanced as possible.
1: If you were to have doors or windows in those areas, would you open the windows? Really no,
2: right? Mm -hmm. And I just said that my garage is in the southeast and there's nothing I can do about that unless I want to park my car on the street and then walk into the house a different way. But I have enough skills and I'm not going to avoid doing that. Generally, for the rest of the world, we just like to say like, hey, you know, keep it quiet. Try not to use a door in that environment if you possibly can avoid it. If you can avoid opening your windows and doors in that area then that keeps the chi quiet and keeps it calm okay so then the question
1: i'm sure listeners would want to know is um if you do disrupt the chi what do you do, what how do you you said you have enough skills a, right. in order to avoid you know uh i don't know what you a negativity in response to that so uh,
2: how would you manage that sometimes it's not able to be avoided to mm-hmm. avoid a door, or to you just like some people only have one door, you're in an apartment and you've only got one door to walk in, and that's just what you've got. And so you're going to have to live with it. The thing to do is to use positive areas of your space as much as possible. And we can definitely spend some time talking about the more positive areas of the space because that may be your only mitigation option. Is and so your door is in the west and you have to come in that door, and there's nothing else, there's no other door you have. All right, well, let's talk about the other areas of the the property where the flying stars that are visiting are quite positive for you and very Mm -hmm. supportive and can bring you extra support. So we can definitely take a minute to talk about that too.
1: Okay. So we're going to take a break pretty soon. And um, yeah, I'd like to get into that. You had mentioned that um, the grand Duke is in the Southeast and the year of the dragon. So we can talk about that as well, because I know that people have questions about the Zodiac, the, the Zodiac animals and what it means when it's the year of something. So we'll be back shortly and um, we'll pick it up there. I'm Catherine Dean talking with Jillian Rothschild Scholar. We'll be right back.
3: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
0: The Feng Shui way to peace, balance, and abundance with Catherine Dean is about bringing the benefits of Feng Shui to the forefront, allowing everyone with an interest to learn and understand how its principles can work in one's day-to-day life. We'll demystify Feng Shui, show its many applications, and allow the listener to understand how and why it is so useful. The goal is to educate, entertain, and spread the word about using Feng Shui Wei to bring about peace, balance, and abundance to one's life. The Feng Shui Wei with Catherine Dean, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Welcome back to The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Have a question for Catherine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Jillian Rothschild Scholar, and we're talking about uh, the Chinese New Year and how we prepare for it. And Jillian, we were talking about... um, what do you call them? The annual afflictions, I think, is what you said. And yes. we were going through those and about how to. Let's see when you when there's an area where there's a. Okay, in my in my understanding, because I'm not proficient at all in the classical tradition traditional feng shui. Um, when you have an area where a star is negative or an area is negative you want to do the least amount of disruption in that area. So you wouldn't open windows in that area or put a nail to hang a picture or something, um, that kind of thing. Uh, If you have nails, if you have a picture that you want to change out, would you do something like that? Is that too much of a disruption?
2: And you know, we can just start there. So I personally really would not because for me, I've been through enough challenges that I know that... (laughs) Hanging a particular picture is not that important to me. Yeah, I get that there are people in the audience who will be like, but I need to hang this. It's really beautiful. Okay, you can choose to do that, but I'm just not going to. Yeah. What I'm going to focus on doing is using the areas of the property where the visiting stars are favorable for me. I'm mm-hmm. going to spend more time in those areas. I'm going to activate those areas just by using them. And there are other advanced options for activating a space. Um, so, for example, the east in the year of the dragon is really quite favorable because the noble star number one is going to be in the East and we like star number one. Star number one is really great for future money. It's mm. um, it's a really lovely supportive star in that particular sector in the East. So I'm actually going to be temporarily moving my bedroom into the East part of my home this year. Okay. And I'm going to be doing that before February 4th. Then another really excellent area for some people this year is going to be the Southwest because the visiting star for the year in the Southwest is star number nine. And we will probably touch on this a little bit, but we're going into period nine. And Mm -hmm. so star number nine really resonates in beautiful harmony with period nine. And that becomes very powerful and dominant chi. And so if you are somebody who is looking for Extra support from fire element energy star number nine will help bring you that. So southwest can be quite favorable this year. The east can be quite favorable. Uh, this the southeast for some people can be quite favorable as well, even though the Grand Duke is going to be there because mm-hmm. the star that's visiting is star number two. Now in the historically star number two has gotten a little bit of a bad rap in a previous period because oh. in a previous period it wasn't as vibrant. But as we are entering into period nine and we get closer to period one, which starts in 2044, Mm -hmm. star number two becomes more vibrant and more timely. And so it becomes a good star. So things that were negative in the past start to turn positive. So for a lot of people, star number two in the southeast can be quite favorable. So if you are somebody who has a house that faces southeast, even though the Grand Duke is there, you can still have a really great year because that star could be quite favorable. Another great sector for this coming year is the north the visiting star is star number eight, which is always a noble star. And it's um, just ending its timeliness, but it's always going to be a positive star. And so for many people, the North can be quite favorable. So even though there are parts of the property that may have negative visiting energy, it doesn't mean that all is lost. <laughs> right. if you, just, if you just go use the areas that are more favorable. Super easy. Well, that's see,
1: that's what I like to help our listeners understand because I think that people start to, I don't know if they get, they get worried, you know, they can, they can say, well, I can't move. And I, you know, and I, I, I like my this, or I can't change that or whatever the case may be. And um, so, yeah, there's, that's what, that's the other thing that I like about feng shui. There's so many, but um, there's always a solution. You know, there's-
2: Almost always a solution, right? So almost, always. Almost always, but always something you can do. Always you know, something you do. Even yeah. if it's inconvenient. So I want to say this, like, it might not be so convenient to not sleep in the bedroom that's in the West this year, but if you are dealing with a health issue, if you are dealing with a financial crisis, if you're dealing with a relationship issue and you can avoid it, of course, we're going to recommend avoiding it. So mm-hmm. it might not always be convenient. <laughs> it might not be so fun to sleep in the guest bedroom or use a different door, but I will say this: the clients that I deal with usually have big problems. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am my the clients that I see are not calling me to say, "Hey, like, what color should I put drapes up?" Like, that's not the work that I do. I work with energetics. I don't work with a, a aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Your house should look like your home. Um, so, for me, if I have a client that's dealing with a big issue, then we're going to avoid as much as we can. And this is exactly why. And I and this is why I'm sleeping in a different area of my own home this year because. I know that the simplest, the sort of path of least resistance is just to avoid negative energy and go to where the good stuff is. It's temporary, and it, I know the benefit of it. And so, of course, I'm going to make that choice. Does that right. make sense? Oh, yeah.
1: It makes sense to me. Now, you have referred to the Grand Duke. Grand Duke Dragon, the uh, the. Year of the Dragon and the Grand Duke. Does that is that what the Grand Duke means, or is that what year of
2: any animal means? Every animal, right? So the year of whatever animal it is becomes the Grand Duke, becomes the Emperor Star, the most important energy of the year. And so okay. the Grand Duke is just one term for that. We are going into uh, the year of the Young Wood Dragon. So all of the five elements have polarity, yin and yang. Mm -hmm. The dragon is a yang element animal sign, if you will, quote unquote. And so it goes with a yang element stem of wood. And so we get yang, wood, dragon. And what does that mean? So that's another good question. What that means depends on the context of the question, right? So the, the elements themselves, if we just go into the elements themselves, wood element with the dragon, which is largely an earth element animal sign, if you will, means that there's like a tree sitting on a mountain. If you use imagery, you try to think like a big tree sitting on the top of a mountain. Okay. And so inside of that dragon, there's like little hidden elements. And one of the hidden elements is water element. And so you have powerful earth element, powerful water element, big, strong wood element. And then we start to analyze how those elements interact. Water supports wood, which can help mitigate some of the challenges with the earth and wood um, contradicting each other a little bit. Because wood element breaks up earth element. So just if you looked at that alone, you would think, oh, there's going to be a lot of conflict. But that conflict can be mitigated with the water element inside the dragon. So if When we think about the global geopolitical spectrum of what's happening in the world, as we have this conversation, Mm -hmm. there are problems between the Ukraine and Russia. There are problems between US and China. There are conflicts between Israel and the Palestinians. And we can see a chance of those coming to some kind of peaceful resolution at the end of the day. We'll have to see how it goes. But the potential is there. Individual behavior is dependent on individual charts and how we interact with that element. But the opportunity is there, which brings hope. And we want to see that. Yeah. So, um, okay. That's a lot in a short yeah. there.
0: <laughs>
2: so well, what is, the answer to your question too is like, well, what does that mean in terms of what the question is? What does it mean for health? The wood element for the young wood of the year, wood element relates to the liver meridian in the Chinese medical, uh, traditional Chinese medicine in the, the body. The liver and the gallbladder represent the element of anger. So we could see more explosive anger-based, like anger management needs in the world Mm -hmm. because that element is going to be prevalent. When we look at the energy of the year, there is no fire element. When we look at the energy of the year, we generally want all the five elements to be present so there can be greater harmony, but there's no fire element. And so when we look at it from a health perspective, fire element relates to the brain, the eyes, the blood, fire and water are needed for up and down in the body and sort of vertical um, conflict. And if there's no fire element, then that can be difficult for blood flow um, for uh, your brain, if you will. Um, And so from a health perspective, those are some of the more dominant things that can happen. When we look at the dragon, the dragon is earth element. And so earth element can create challenges with stomach spleen Um, Sometimes cancer, muscles, things like that. So the answer to your question is always like, what context do you want to answer that question in terms of what does it mean? And what it means to us individually also has to do with our own individual Chinese astrology charts. Because some of the zodiac animal signs are typically going to fare better than others in the year based on the makeup of your chart. Right, uh, and that would. Um, I, I, you're
1: referring to what year you were born, what time you were born, all right. of that. Yes, and, and okay, so um, because like some people were born under the sign of the dragon or the wood dragon, mm-hmm. so other people, you know, the rabbit, the um, the rooster, the monkey. Correct. Um Okay, so it would. So what kind? The context would have to do with what your animal sign is,
2: is what your animal sign is, what year you're born, what month you're born, et cetera. So they all have a mix. We cannot, when we go to the Chinese restaurant and we look at the placemat and they go, Oh, I'm born in the year of the snake. What snake? Is it a water snake? Is it a wood snake? Is it a fire snake? That's only 25% of the information. So we also have to look at the month, the day and the year. So when we, when we make forecasts and predictions, they're generally are, are made in order to create a wide net of information but they're often don't include all of the details on the chart. And it also doesn't take account of your feng shui. So you have mm-hmm. a lot of control because when we talk about Chinese astrology, there and anything in Chinese metaphysics, there are something called the three lucks. The three lucks are heaven luck, earth luck and human luck. So heaven luck is what you're born with. When the time you're born, you can't crawl back in your mother's womb and be born at a different time. That's mm-hmm. what you get is your heaven luck. Your earth luck is your feng shui. So it's where you live, the orientation of your property, how you use your space. That's your earth luck. And then your human luck is your free will. So we can legitimately control, if you will, or influence two-thirds of our luck um, through our good feng shui and our Chinese astrology chart and the choices that we make within them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. (laughs) Right. So – If someone is born in a wood dragon year, Mm -hmm. like this year, some of their behaviors are going to be able to be forecast and predicted. But the people who are born in 1964 are seeing the same energy this year as the year that they were born. So that's the energy runs on a 60-year cycle. It's called a sexagenary cycle. And so usually people who are seeing that energy again will go through some life changes and challenges to sort of learn their life lessons. So year 60 is usually a big year for some people.
1: Year 60, you mean when they're 60
2: years old? When they're Isn't 60 it... years old. So people mm-hmm. born in 1964 are seeing the same energy of the year that they were born. And it mm-hmm. was a big year, like Vietnam, and there was conflict. And yeah. Uprighting, there was a lot of social unrest. And we're already starting, it was January when we're having this conversation. Yeah. We're starting to see that coming in already, There was also a lot of earthquakes that year. And the reason for that is because the dragon is an earth element. We've started seeing like that Iceland, like that volcano, there was just an earthquake in Japan. Those are like precursors to what's coming. So that could also trigger a big earthquake could trigger a tsunami, which unlocks the water element in the dragon. So those kinds of disasters can certainly happen. There's no fire element this year. Fire element is related to air travel and airplanes that fly in the sky. And so there could be more airplane accidents. So also uh, so what do you do about that? You get trip insurance. <laughs> Wherever you're going, you know, make your plans, mm-hmm. have a plan A, have a plan B, and get your insurance. Uh okay. So you said earlier
1: also that there's no water and there's no fire, right? You said there's there water, there's no there fire is, element. Okay, no fire element. So do we introduce the fire element um into a situation or or is are you talking the bigger picture? It's bigger just, picture. yes, bigger okay, picture, I right? get it.
2: Yep, so I might not have explained that very well. But bigger picture, when there's no fire element, that's a problem because we want all the five elements right. to create harmony and balance. And in the body, when there's fire element missing and there's an imbalance of fire and water, it's a vertical issue. So usually people will fall, they will have brain injuries, um, water relates to kidney, so it could be bladder incontinence, things like that.
1: Okay. All right. So that took care of that. So, um, yeah, cause I had the question about bringing in an element if an element is missing. So right. that's, and so
2: you certainly could do that. You can do that through the star. You can do it through, um, color sometimes, although I find that to be quite unreliable. You can do it through action. Uh, you can do it through direction. Um, you can do it through the foods that you eat and how you nurture your body. Mm-hmm. When someone is coming up against any kind of conflict or imbalance, the thing I always recommend are things like Tai Chi, yoga, meditation, because if things are out of balance in your life, it's really important to get grounded.
1: Well, this is one of the things that I have talked about and a lot of my guests have talked about. It's really about bringing the balance in Um, you know, now in the BTB tradition, if we're missing an element, we introduce it. If there's an overabundance of it, we minimize it. Um, but this is, uh, we're talking about something so different um, based on these stars. It sounds like, do the stars travel or like?
2: They do travel. That's okay. why they're called flying stars because okay. they fly and they travel in a very predictable pattern. So we can reasonably predict year to year what kind of energy is going to be visiting and how that energy is going to interact with the space. Okay. All right. This is why I work with my clients on a year-to-year basis to do an annual update, because we can set the feng shui at a high level, putting in formulas, wealth formulas, and putting the right element of a home in a particular location. And that's great as a foundational aspect, but every year the energy changes. And so we sometimes need to make adjustments or small tweaks in order to realign year-to-year with the favorable energy each year.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I can appreciate that. I'm curious, though, about people right now, like who are in the middle of a, uh, you know, a remodeling project or something. And once we get into the new year, uh, these directions are going to shift. Do they? Do they see the the project through? Do they pause? Oh, sure. it? sure, of yeah. course. If you yeah. re-
2: listen, if and and this happens, of course, the Grand Duke is in the southeast, and that's where your water heater is, and if, and it might break during the year. Of course, right? that's <laughs> it, right? You okay, not have a water heater. <laughs> But that's when you call your feng shui practitioner and go like, what can I do to remediate this? Is the right timing? Is there a favorable timing to fix this? But if you're currently in the project, finish the project. Yeah, (laughs) right. And and call your feng shui practitioner in order to get help to help minimize some of the impact of that if it's available to you. Well, all right.
1: That sounds good. So we're going to take another break. And when we come back, you had mentioned something about period nine. And um, maybe we can talk about that a little bit. And um, a little more about the Chinese New Year. Yeah, Um, and zodiac signs. We should spend a minute talking about that, too. Sounds like a perfect plan. So we will be right back. I'm here with Jillian Rothschild Scholar. And um, uh, stay with us.
3: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
0: Did you know that the quality of our daily lives is directly influenced by the design of our built environment, our homes, our work, the way we move? and where we play are all shaped by the design of our cities. This thought-provoking new show from architect, urban designer, and educator, Carrie Pennebod, examines the complex forces that shape the making of our physical world. Lively conversations with leading experts in a variety of fields engage some of the greatest challenges facing our cities today, including climate change, affordable housing, embedded technologies, infrastructure design architecture and the arts urban policy social mobility and much much more tune in every friday at 11 a.m eastern time 8 a.m pacific time so that together we can design a better world have you become a member yet sign up now to
3: become a member of voice america it's always free and easy streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com
0: welcome back to the feng shui way with katherine dean have a question for Catherine or her guests join us on the show at eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. that's eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. now back to the show
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Jillian Rothschild, scholar, and we're talking about um, flying. Well, we're talking about the Chinese New Year, but we kind of got into a bunch of different things about um, the Grand Duke and the four. Let's see, what are they? The annual afflictions. Um, But we did we did kind of talk about. We said this was the year of the wood dragon and what that meant. And then there's other animal signs, and people are born under different animal signs. So um, how can a person tell what their
2: animal sign is? Well, short of spending 10 years learning Chinese astrology, the easiest thing <laughs> to do is go on the internet somewhere and find a reliable what are called calculators. So you In fact, on my website, I have what's called a Batza calculator and it's free and you can go in and you can put in your date of birth and your time of birth and it will spit out like a very generic, basic kind of um, report that gives you information on the year, month, day, and hour that you're born. It gives you your animal signs and the elements. It also gives you your lucky directions. It gives you all kinds of good information. And so from there, you can take that basic information and go, okay, I was born in a tiger year, or I was born in a dog year, or I was born in a rabbit day. And with that information, when you start to learn about the information of the the animal signs that are favorable for the year, you can see if you have any of that in your chart, and then you can leverage it because you can use it.
1: Okay. So then would there be... Is is there a better animal sign to be? I mean, we're assigned our own animal yep. sign, right? Yep. We're born with it and it stays with us forever. Exactly. I'm assuming from what you're saying that there are years where your animal sign is going to be more favorable than another year's. Okay. Indeed.
2: Indeed. Because people will go, oh, it's the year of the dragon, it's my year, and they get really excited. And not so much, it's not always so favorable when the animal sign that is your the year that you were born or the day you were born shows up because sometimes it causes a little bit of a conflict. Like, for example, we're going into a dragon year and some people might be going, I was also born in the year of the dragon. Oh, this is going to be a great year for me. But it could be that the actual visiting dragon for the year causes what's called a self punishment. Two dragons make what's called a self punishment. And self punishment is um, stuff you do to yourself, like the smack your head kind of moment. Like, oh, why did I do that? Like it was something that you caused yourself. Yeah. Um, that can usually bring a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some animal signs that will do quite well. Um, and the animal signs that I really like for this year are the snake, the goat, the rooster, the pig, and the ox. So there are these are sort of my top five, if you will, animal signs that I think have really excellent, supportive visiting energy in their animal sign for the year and can see quite a favorable outcome. Now, if you have a snake, a goat, a rooster, or a pig, any an ox anywhere in your chart, you can benefit from those visiting energies that are showing up. If you don't have any of those in your chart, that's okay. Go make friends with somebody who has that in their chart because they've got energy and they've got resources that they may be able to offer you in in terms of support so that you can have a better year too. So even if you don't have those five animals in your chart, that's okay. You can still have a great year because there could be something else that's coming up in your particular animal sign that's favorable. We don't have time to go through all 12 of them, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of details, but those are some of the more favorable ones. All
1: right. So what about the challenges that come up? Like, right. I mean, how do we, we, life has challenges and, you know, they're every day, some are bigger, some are smaller. So from, from the knowledge you have in the, um, in your flying star practice, um, how do you prepare for challenges? Can you see
2: them coming? You know? Okay. So let's start there. Okay. You often can see them coming. And the first place that, well, there's two ways to look at it. One is a feng shui perspective with the flying stars. But just for a moment, let's stay on the zodiac, batza perspective. Because the animals that are likely to have more challenges this year are people who have a dog in their chart. So it could be the year of the dog, month, day, hour of the dog. And the reason is because on the 12 animal zodiac sign, they, they sort of work on a clock, if you will. Mm-hmm. The mission of the dragon and the dog are opposite. So I mentioned this when we talked about the annual afflictions, the grand duke and the year breaker. So they're, they're what are called clash animals, the dragon oh. and clash. Clashes are not always bad, although it sounds really terrible. Um, clashes typically just mean change. So it could be that if you have a dog in your chart, you could be changing job. You could be changing to a new home. You could be making shifts in your relationships. You could, um, you could certainly have challenges. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but the idea is if you have a dog in your chart, the, the motto for the year is prepare for the unexpected. Have a plan A and make sure you have a plan B. Right. Your insurance. Make sure your financial house is in order as much as you can. And don't don't buy big expensive things if you can avoid it. Um, I I don't mind a clash. I think that there are some animal signs that need a clash in order to move. So mm-hmm. the dragon and the dog are both earth animal signs earth element animal signs and sometimes you need the earth element to be shaken up like an earthquake in order to create change because otherwise they just sort of say stay stagnant but it's sort of like cracking open a pomegranate you have to crack open the earth in order to get the goodies on the inside so like a yeah pomegranate, crack it open you get those beautiful perils on the inside so even though it may be challenging in the end you can absolutely come out on top the other thing to do if you are if you are anticipating a challenge for the year or you're foreseeing something come up If you have a dog in your chart, um, the secret friend of the dragon this year is the rooster. So if you have a dragon or a dog in your chart, figure out who in your life has a rooster in their chart, make friends with them, ask them for your support. There is some perspectives that say you can carry a rooster like charm with you. Mm -hmm. I think of that as like a talisman. It doesn't prevent an issue. If you're walking around wearing a rooster charm on your necklace or on a bracelet, it's not going to prevent challenges from coming. It's a good reminder of the clash and can help you remember, I need to get grounded. Time to go to Tai Chi time to go to yoga time to go meditate time to take stock of the things that are happening in my life. that are good get into gratitude mode. It doesn't mean that the rooster is going to magically make things not happen. That doesn't work like that. (laughs) That's not how life works. Well, right. Um,
1: However, I like those reminders about being grounded. Being grounded is like that is you hear people talk about that quite a bit and then like how do you do it? And and people people who seek out grounding, they know how to do it. They do meditate or they do do the tai chi or the yoga. They sit quietly, they pray, they you know, um they might do you know, just a quiet time to refocus, right. reset. Everybody
2: that's different. It could be running. Like my husband is a runner. Bless his heart. I don't do any of that. Like <laughs> sleep is my cardio. But he likes to run, and he sort of gets into a meditative state when he runs. Swimmers, people who do walks on the beach. If you are a hiker and you like to be out in the woods, where it's like quiet and you're away from all technology. There's different ways to get into a meditative state. Whatever it is for you, do that.
1: Do that. Yeah that's that's what i that's what i say too you know i feel like what i have really tried to promote a lot throughout you know my consultations and doing this podcast is that that balance that grounding that focus that awareness mm-hmm. um because i just feel like we we have we collectively have been so hurt and really wounded by the past Four or five years, I mean it's just been so difficult, and you know it, it I feel like it's been very hard to find hope and to find um you know just joy, but then you bring it down to the gratitude, you bring it down to that meditative you know mm-hmm. that that um that place you go where things calm down and you start that feeling that groundedness, you know that's so very helpful, I feel um so when you say. If you have a friend who's a rooster or a friend who's something that is beneficial, you know, like a secret friend or whatever to the, um, to the, to the, uh, you said the secret friend to the dragon is the rooster. So, and so find somebody with the, who's a rooster and Mm -hmm. under Uh, the the rooster. In
2: their chart, it could be, it could be the month of the rooster, which Mm -hmm. is usually September could be a day or an hour although that's a little bit harder so like I worked in corporate America for a really long time and I was the keeper of the birthday list because I wanted to know when people were born so <laughs> because I was using this information to my advantage um, so I would figure out who the secret friend was for the year and I would make friends with that person in the office and ask them for help if I needed help with something especially if there were challenges going on and they were usually very happy to assist me um, so getting someone's year and month is often just as just enough like you don't have to get their whole birthday information information. Um, and maybe what you're doing with that person is asking them to be on a team with you or, oh. um, asking them for assistance with something that you need, um, asking for them for advice, or maybe they can connect you with somebody who can assist you with a particular problem. And I'm just saying the rooster, because that's the sort of secret friend of the year. But I mentioned the top five animals, mm-hmm. snake, goat, rooster, as I just mentioned, pig, mm-hmm. ox, if you have those In your chart or know people who have them then you can recruit them sort of borrow their energy if you will so it's sort of like borrowing their luck in order to get farther in life just because there are changes happening in life just because there are challenges in life doesn't mean there's not a solution it's out there you just have to seek it the hard part is that when we're in the thick of it when things feel really unstable and we get overwhelmed it's hard to sort of calm down and see the forest through the trees kind of thing yeah I was curious
1: as to what you meant by um, finding that person, for example, the rooster, like I was envisioning, what do you have to do, like hang around with them for like a day or like be their shadow, but it's sparring their energy, getting a little lift from them. Yeah. And
2: often it's your spouse. So if you're married or if you're in a relationship of some kind or your partner, often your partner will have what you need. Just FYI. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What's challenging is when both people have clashes or both people have issues, then you can't, it's harder to rely on each other. Right. That's when you just have to get really clear and you get your feng shui in order, you get your plan in order for the year, and you can have a really, you can have a good year. Listen, everybody who's listening to this has made it through 100% of their life so far. That's right. (laughs) You've made it through 100% of your life (laughs) now. You have a little bit more information. You can give yourself a little boost so you can have a really great year.
1: That sounds wonderful.
2: So before we uh, close, I,
1: everybody is not everybody, but some of us are aware about the upcoming period nine. Mm-hmm. And I did want to just touch base on that really quickly. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like what a period is? And what, yep. you know, what does, a pe- what, what would period nine, what would be uh. some of the energy?
2: So we're going into period nine. It's going to be fully set starting February 4th of 2024. It's a 20 year energy cycle, primarily dealing with feng shui. So houses built after February 4th are going to be capturing the chi of period nine. Now, the way that we start to see this is the rise of the woman, fire element dominant, uh, entertainment industry being uh, in the forefront, AI, technology, uh becoming stronger, community-based integration with inspiration, faith-based systems and spirituality, coaching, teaching, education, all of those are under the umbrella of um, mm-hmm. fire element and what we're going to see more dominant in period nine. So
1: you mentioned that it, the year of the dragon, the fire is missing, mm-hmm. but but then starting with period nine, there's the fire element um, association with that. So mm-hmm. how do how does that mesh
2: with- well, we're going to get, it's sort of like period nine is like background music. Right? Okay. Uh, that's how I like to view it as sort of the background music and the energy of the young wood dragon is going to be more dominant because it's vibrant, it's visiting only for one year, it's timely, it's happening right now. Okay. All right. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for everything
1: that you've taught us about, you know, um, the year of the dragon, all of these Zodiac animals, um, all of this information about good and and challenging directions. Um, I really appreciate you being here. Um, before we close, though, I did want to say because this is the last of the thirteen episodes that I was um, that I um, am doing with Voice America, and I just wanted to say a thank you and a shout out to Marsha Lyles and um, Aaron Keller and um, people. Over at Voice America, my wonderful guests, Carol Heider, Catherine Wilking, Candice Berlanga, Cynthia Young, Karen rout carter Suzanne Roynan, Kim Julian, Cindy Garatone, Cherry Vincent, Wendy Yao Ching, Maureen Calamia, and you, Jillian Rothschild, um, scholar. It's been fun. It's been great. I hope that we have, um... Well, I know I've done my best to try to spread the word about feng shui and perhaps down the road we can do it again. And so I want to wish everybody a happy new year, happy Chinese new year, and a very special thank you to you, Jillian Rothschild Scholar. And thank you everyone for listening.
0: Thanks for tuning in to The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. We hope today's episode has helped you understand the importance of Feng Shui in everyday life. Until we talk again, enjoy your week as you welcome in peace, balance, and abundance.